Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Good evening. I am your Dark Travels hostess, Vina. So in part one, Paranormal Paris, we discuss some ghastly haunted places like the catacombs, Pierre Lachaise Cemetery, and the Palace of Versailles. To help continue your plotting and planning of a wonderfully dark trip to Paris, I extended Paris into a second episode. There's just so much going on in old Paris, I really couldn't avoid it. Tonight, we're going to go a little darker. On this episode of Eerie Paris, we're going to discuss several Parisian museums that seem to have some interesting activities going on. Let's start off with the Musée des Vampires. That's right, the Museum of Vampires. The Musée des Vampires is considered Paris's creepiest museum. Now, I have never been there, but when I return, this place is definitely on my list. The owner of this museum is a self-proclaimed vampirologist. He goes by the name of Jacques Sergent. By day, he is an English teacher and a Bram Stoker translator. But by night, it's all about the vampires. That's right. His blood brings all the vampires to the yard. He considers himself a vampire scholar and a connoisseur of the vampire realm. Monsieur Sergent is available to give lectures on his collection of all vampire-related relics, artifacts, books, and even an actual anti-vampire protection kit. But more importantly, because you never know when you're going to need to know this, but Monsieur Sergent is also well-versed in the history of some French vampire burial practices utilized during the medieval times. In this museum, and bear in mind it's reported to be a little crammed, you will find mummified pets like cats, Dracula's toys, some ghastly artworks, antique books, some rare texts, obviously not from a cell phone, and, as previously mentioned, a much-needed anti-vampire protection kit. This museum is private, so you must book your exploration online and in advance. Once you have your confirmation from Monsieur Sergent, you will need to know how to get here. Located at 14 Rue Jules David, this musée is actually considered outside Paris's proper, and apparently the entrance is around the back down some dark shady alleyway on Rue Chazenagol. So to get here, Again, if you remember from our first episode, the subways, you're going to need to take the Metro, Metro 11, getting off at Port Delilas. However, in my research, I came across another dark traveler suggestion of getting off at the next stop of Marais des Lilas. Per this traveler, it's a much shorter walk. Now, 
once you've located the correct alleyway, the questionable alleyway that is, you are going to be looking for a M with an arrow painted on the wall. Walk in that direction until you see a red door on the right marked Mousse, and there you found it. Again, confirm your appointment via his website. I also wanted to mention that there are several vampires and ghost walks being offered in Paris. As I've not taken one, I cannot recommend any, but definitely look into them and obviously read the reviews and go with the group or organization that seems reputable. We don't need you going missing on a quote-unquote vampire tour, if you know what I mean. And I really think... There's nothing more romantic than a ghost walk in Paris, especially at night. Now, the Musée des Vampires talks about the living dead. Let's talk about the actual dead. There is a museum dedicated to the preservation of cadavers. You know, dead people's bodies? I'm talking about the Musée Fragonard. Built in 1766, this museum is one of Paris's oldest museums. This museum exhibits a unique collection of devoted pets, presenting skeletons, dissected animals, and natural abnormalities such as two-headed calves, a cyclops, some sirens, and a ten-legged sheep. But going a little darker, this museum contains Dr. Fragonard's collection of dried and pickled organs and limbs as in the human flavor. That's right. Also on display are complete figures of a filleted man on the back of a filleted horse. That's right, a skinned man riding a skinned horse. So consider yourself warned. There are at least 26 skinned filleted cadavers, cadavers, cadavers <laughs> in this museum. Located at 7th Avenue de General Gaulle, Mason Alfort. To get here, you can take the Metro Ecole Vétérinaire de Mason Alfort or the RER. If you remember, the RER is the other metro line. The RER, Mason Alfort, Alfortville. But you could take the bus, getting off or using bus 24, 103, 104, 107, 125, and 135. It's actually a, a pretty interesting spot and by all the bus routes. It sounds like it's a hot spot. Admission is 8 euros, and it is free for young people and children. It is open on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sunday, except it is closed for all of August. And as I was looking around to get information in English, I found that it was best to check out their website via Facebook and go through the English link that way. Now, just so you are aware, there is actually another museum that shares the same name. Uh, I guess the family was very, very popular. Definitely do not confuse these two museums. Whereas this one is about filleted skin people the other museum is about perfume. Yes, it is a museum about perfume. Now, we've talked about the undead. We've talked about the really dead. Let's combine the two and discuss Le Manoir de Paris. Now, I've never been here, but it does sound like 
um, an amazing time. It is a haunted house show that brings the legends of Paris to life. We're talking dead queens, Quasimodo, a few witches. This immersive and interactive attraction will take about 45 minutes to walk through as you make your way through three levels of an abandoned asylum for the insane. It is highly recommend that you book your tickets in advance and on their website. But be warned, tickets will not be refunded. People with medical conditions and pregnant women are not allowed. Children 12 and younger are not allowed for their Halloween-themed performance. Tickets are €29 for 16 and up, €20 for children ages 10 and 15. Again, no one under 12 is welcome to their Halloween show. And they do offer a fast pass for €39. Located at 18 Rue Paradis, you can get here by taking bus route 32. The Metro Line 7 getting off at Poncier or the Metro Line 8 or 9 getting off of Bonview Line and the Gare de Ailes Lines 4, 5, and 7. You can take taxi or, you guessed it, an Uber. So we talked about vampire skin cadavers, haunted abandoned asylums. Let's talk about another famous Parisian cemetery. Being a huge cemetery buff, I can't help it. And let's be honest, the Parisians actually know how to make a cemetery. In our first episode, we discuss Pierre Lachaise. Tonight, we're going to talk about Cemetery Montmartre, the third largest cemetery in Paris. Open for business, this cemetery was once a quarry. After the quarry was abandoned, it became the perfect place for the mass gravesite of the unfortunate nobilities who were beheaded during the French Revolution, with the existence of Madame Guillotine. As ironies would have it, Charles Sampson is buried here in his family crypt. Now, you probably don't know who Charles Sampson is, because I certainly didn't know who Charles Sampson was, but he was the royal French executioner, and he got his chance to meet King Louis XVI on January 21st, 1793, right before he botched O. Louis' beheading. That's right. It took two tries of Madame Guillotine's blade to behead the king. In addition to having the privilege of beheading the last king of France, Samson also beheaded 3,000 people during the course of his 40-year career. It is said that one of Charles's favorite hobbies was to dissect the bodies of the people he executed. And as beheading was a family business, it was his son, Henry, who beheaded Marie Antoinette on October 16, 1793. He, too, is buried here, obviously, with the family crypt. Now, twice I've spoken of King Louis and Marie Antoinette, obviously with them being the last king and queen of France. As I mentioned before, King Louis and Marie and their children were taken into custody as part of the revolution. Now, Louis and Marie actually had had four children, but by the time they were in prison, two of their children had died, leaving the eldest, Marie Theresa, and the heir to the throne, Louis Charles. Louis Charles actually dies in the care of the new French government, but once cooler heads prevail, she is released and Marie Theresa goes on to live a long life and dies at the age of 82. 
just a side note. Getting back to the cemetery, after the French Revolution, the Momantra Cemetery gets a bit more organized. And because of who meets their final resting place here, this cemetery would earn the title as the Cemetery of the Arts. Momantra has some wonderfully noted and important artists buried here. We'll start with a personal favorite, Edgar Degas. That's right, the French painter. Known for his trademark beautiful ballerinas, Edgar painted, sculpted, and drew lovely ballerinas. An interesting fact about Degas, he was actually an avid photographer too. I actually have a printing, because naturally I cannot afford an original myself. Another artist, a writer this time, is Alexander Dumas. That's right, the wonderful writer who is famous for such novels as The Three Musketeers, The Man in the Iron Mask, and a personal favorite, The Count of Monte Cristo. I actually read that from cover to cover. Now, changing uh, the craft of artistry, but still an artist, is a famous lady in her heyday, not today, but her name is Louise Weber. She is the queen of Momantra, and she is considered to be the original Can-Can girl. That's right, with her robust Can-Can stamps and routines, she would become synonymous with Moulin Rouge. Y'all have heard about Moulin Rouge, right? In the heart of the red light district, big windmill, beautiful ladies dancing about, swishing their skirts. Trust me, I have a future story about that. A little down the line. Located at 20 Avenue Rachel, admission is free. However, this cemetery is closed on French holidays. As always, it is always best to double check your plotting and planning for this trip. Now, to get here, you can take the metro and get off of Blanche Station or Palace de Cinci Station. Or taxi or Uber. So now we've touched about the undead. We've touched on about the really dead. Let's talk about the ghostly dead. Oh yes, Paris has ghosts running amok. Let's start at another famous museum, the Louvre. Originally built as a fortress in 1190, this medieval period of France, it became a palace for King Charles V. From King Charles V on, it will be used as the main residence for other past kings and queens. In 1790, with the French Revolution, it becomes a museum. Since then, staff members have reported seeing spectral orbs, mysterious shadows, and human-looking faces mingling with the artworks. They've also experienced cold spots, have heard disembodied footsteps in otherwise empty rooms, but the ghostly activity does not end there. Alarms have been known to go off in the middle of the night, again when the museum was closed. Antiquities have been known to shift about and their otherwise sealed glass cases. Locked doors have been known to open on their own. And yes, there is a shrill shrieking that occurs with no known source. In addition to all of these wonderfully ghostly trademarks, there are also reports of full-body apparitions. Oh yes, 
Since this was a palace, it also had a dungeon, and in or several dungeons, and in its dungeons, people lingered and died slowly and terrible deaths. So it is said that the ghosts of those who perished in the dungeons tend to roam these halls. And as ironies would have it, there's been apparitions of long ago French soldiers. They've also been seen walking the halls. Now, as it currently hosts many relics and antiquities and tombs, it is believed that the Louvre is haunted by a mummy called Befolger. Perhaps the uniquely facially wrapped mummy acts like a conduit and the spirit of Befolger likes it best when it's all quiet. Either way, the myth of Befolger actually has inspired some French television series and a movie. There is also a legend of a gnome-like creature called the Little Man in Red. He likes to wander between both the museum and the Tolaris Garden on the property. It is said that he is seen just before a national tragedy strikes. The story of this vile little creature is that in its lifetime, it was an assassin by the name of Jack the Skinner. Jack the Skinner was the henchman for Queen Catherine Medici in the 16th century. But Queen Catherine got a little paranoid about how much Jacques knew about the royal family secrets. So she killed him to silence him forever. However, his evil little soul decided to hang around. And when he is seen, tragedy follows. It has been said that French King Henry IV, Marie Antoinette, and Napoleon have all seen him. King Henry was stabbed to death by a Catholic fanatic. Marie Antoinette met Madame Guillotine, and Napoleon, well, he had his Waterloo. But before we leave the Louvre, I did want to provide some interesting and notable facts about the Louvre. As I mentioned previously, it was a fortress. And if you make your way down to the bottom portion of the palace slash museum, you can actually see some of the walls of the original fortress. Honestly, I, I think that's pretty awesome to see something still standing after 700 years. Uh, probably even longer. <laughs> Anyways, another thing I wanted to mention is that it is considered the most visited museum in the world. And 2014 alone, it welcomed over 9.3 million visitors. And it boasts to be the largest uh, museum in the world. Another fun fact is that there is so much art in this place that it would take you a minimum of 100 days to visit each and every piece. When it was opened to the public in 1793, it only had 537 paintings on display. Now it literally has a hundred days worth of um, art and relics and artifacts. Another interesting fact, uh, and this is regarding the Da Vinci's Mona Lisa. She is actually much small, smaller than you think. She doesn't have any eyebrows. And I actually thought this was kind of cool. She has her own personal and private mailbox at the museum because of all of the love letters she receives. Last, fi last final fun fact, it actually hosts over 7,500 paintings alone. 
66% of them are French artists, for the obvious reasons. It is located by the Seine River, and it is open every day of the week from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., but they do start closing rooms at 5.30. Besides Christmas, New Year's, the museum is also closed on May 1st, July 14th, which is Bastille Day in France. Tickets can be purchased online for 17 euro. At the museum is 15 euro, but that is an extra long line. The Tuileries Gardens are free. To get here, you can take metros 1 and 7 and get off at the Palace Royal Musée de Louvre station or metro line 14 and get off the Pyramides station. If you take the bus, you can take bus 21, 24, 27, 36, 48, 68, 69, 72, 81, and 95. If they have a 9.3 million visitors, obviously they're going to need a lot of buses to get you there. But again, you can take a taxi or an Uber. Now, a little ways down from the Louvre is the Eiffel Tower, the beautiful shimmering icon of Paris. But this Siren Lady, as it is nicknamed, has seen her fair shares of suicide with estimates as high as 400 and a story of revenge. Let's talk about the tale of revenge. According to legend, a lady asking to meet her lover at the top of the tower, the young man, excited to have a beautiful place to propose, agreed. But when they met and he proposed, Instead of accepting his offer, she declined, laughing nervously, stating that she intended to end the relationship. In a fit of anger, the man shoved the woman off the tower, and it is said that sometimes late at night, first you can hear her nervous laughter, and then her horrifying scream as she plunges down, reliving her final moments. Aside from this poor girl ghost, Full-body apparitions, wearing various time-period clothing, have been seen. People have also experienced cold spots, and staff and visitors alike have heard disembodied footsteps, along with voices in otherwise empty shops. People have also reported seeing strange entities on the observation decks. Both times I came to Paris, of course I went to the Eiffel Tower. They have a champagne bar, which my family and I indulged in at the top floor. And we bought some macaroons from the macaroon bar located on the second level. And yes, I got my Eiffel Tower coffee mug from one of the Eiffel Tower souvenir shops. Located at Champ de Mar 5 Avenue, you cannot miss this lovely Parisian icon. Tickets can be purchased both online or at the site, but I highly, highly recommend buying tickets online and either printing them or having them ready on your phone. I have personally seen the long lines at the ticket sales office and trust me, buying online is truly the way to go. Now, how high you want to go actually determines the price you pay. Obviously, going to the top, you're going to pay the higher price at 25 euro per adult. 16 euro for people ages 24 to 12 or to younger and for children 12 and younger and the disabled it's six and a half euros four-year-olds and and younger are free now i recently checked out their website buying tickets is amazingly simple 
They basically walk you through the whole process. And once you check the date for the day you're buying for, you get to select a time, which is great because you can select a time that is more appropriate for your schedule. And if you want to eat to this beautiful icon, you actually have a few options that are appropriate for your budget. There is the buffet on the bottom, the first and the second floor. The first floor has a bar and a restaurant that serves seasonal French cuisine. Then there's the Jules Verne restaurant, which is a Michelin restaurant, and it is located on the second floor. And yes, being a Michelin restaurant, which I'm probably pronouncing wrong, it is very expensive with a five-course lunch and dinner starting at 190 euro for just you. And nothing less than smart casual dress will be accepted. So if you want to go, you definitely need to book your rich experience online. To get here, you need to use Metro Lines 6, 9, and 8. For the RER, you need the C line. For the bus, you'd need line 82 and 42. Moving beyond this beautiful icon, let's talk about the Arc de Triomphe. That's right, the symbol of France's perpetual fight for liberty. Built in 1806 by the order of Napoleon, this monument is 284 steps to the top, and once you're there, you'll have a scenic view of Paris itself, and you can pay your respects to the tomb of the unknown soldier of the Great War, which to France is World War One. They they call World War One the Great War. However, some visitors are not here for the attraction. From the moment this monument was opened, people began jumping off of it. And sadly, when women jump, sometimes their skirts would get caught on the rooftop parpets and witnesses would see the hapless women dangle a few minutes before their skirt material would give away. But of all those who have perished here, there's the story of Rose. On Bastille Day, July 14, 1914, after having an argument with her boyfriend, Rose climbed the 284 steps to the top and took her final plunge, narrowly missing the people celebrating their independent day below. It is said that her spirit reenacts her death over and over again. Located at Charles de Gaulle Place, you can visit the Arc de Trump. Tickets are 9.5 euros for an adult, unless you're part of the European Union. And then uh, ages 18 to 24 get in for free. Otherwise, this place is open all year round, except, of course, for some French national holidays. The Arc operates at various times of the year. So, as always, double check if this is on your must-see to-do list. Now, I'd like to share one finally ghostly spectral place of interest. This place of interest is the Theatre de la Ville de Montra. Um, yes, kind of heading back in the same area as the cemetery. Long before the theatre was even built in 1860, a man by the name of Gerard de Narval would walk the streets of Paris with his pet lobster, who sported a blue ribbon himself. Needless to say, Gerard was a public eccentric. He was also a French romantic poet. Sadly, Gerard decided to commit suicide 
and did so by hanging himself at the future site of the theater. Now, the theater, not knowing that this would be an issue in the future, quickly learned that they were wrong. Gerard, who has not found peace in his passing, has taken up a new hobby in the afterlife. Oh, yes. Good old Gerard loves to pop up during live theater performances in an effort to distract the actors on stage. His ghostly apparition has been seen by the actors and audience alike. One decent thing I can say about this is that good old Gerard likes to leave his lobster back in the afterlife when he makes his theatrical appearances. Now, unless you are attending a performance, obviously you're not going to see what's inside this theater. I checked their website and there are no mentions of tours being provided. But if ever you're in the Montmartre section of Paris and you happen to walk by this beautiful building, you now know a fun fact about it. And speaking of fun facts, I'd like to share a few fun, interesting, and a little bit scary facts about Paris. Number one. Now, I've mentioned the Louvre having millions of visitors annually. I also mentioned that in 2014, the Louvre had 9.3 million visitors. Believe it or not, one Paris icon has had more. Millions more. I'm talking about the Notre Dame. That's right, the beautiful cathedral that burned down on April 15, 2019. In 2014, she alone had 14 million visitors in that year. Currently, thanks to the public and government of France, she is being rebuilt. Now, in both of my visits to Paris, I did check out this beautiful cathedral, and it was awe-inspiring. Fun fact number two. In my first episode, the previous episode, I said I would not wish driving in Paris on anyone. And here's why. There are no, not a single one, stop signs in Paris. That's right. They don't have any stop signs. All right. That's the scary one. Fun fact number three. Also in my first episode, we discussed the Statue of Liberty and the Flame of Liberty. As it was the French who gave us the statue, Paris actually has five miniature versions of the Statue of Liberty around the city. I've personally made my way to one of them. Um, the one I saw is located in the Seine River. There's an island. It's like Liberty Island, I think. And you can see this particular um, miniature Statue of Liberty from the Eiffel Tower. France as a country has a total of 10 scattered throughout. Another fun fact, number four, there are some really old places here. The oldest house that is still standing is located at 51 Rue Montmarcy. It was built in 1407, 1407, and the oldest and continually operating cafe is Les Procope, and it's been open and operating since 1686. My fifth and final fact regarding Paris. Now, as I said before, Paris is called the City of Lights. It is called the City of Lights because it was the first major city to install streetlights. So, heading to Paris, you're obviously going to need a place to stay. Now, I've Googled and Googled and Googled haunted hotels in Paris, and surprisingly, not a lot of hotels are posting their ghosts. However, I did find one on TripAdvisor. 
His name, and I am assuming it is a him, his name is J.O.P. Jacko from Hampshire. He claims that during his stay at S Hotel Paris, that a young woman dressed in old-fashioned clothing hovered over him in the middle of the night. The traveler also shared an experience where he was on his cell phone speaking when a door inside his room slammed shut. All this happened while he stayed in room 110-110. Now, S Hotel Paris is located at 49 Boulevard de Magenta and is currently receiving 3.5 stars via TripAdvisor. Anyways, before you go anywhere and before you make your final decision on where you want to stay, always check out the reviews. Know before you go and make sure you are comfortable before selecting a place to stay and plan how you intend on getting to your hotel, subway, taxi, Uber. These are all part of the planning process, the plotting and planning process. Now, I'm going to share my story as to why being thorough in your research, especially in determining where to stay, is very, very important. And this is not a ghost story. So when my family and I decided to go to Paris, of course, they left the plotting and planning to me. And being honest, I kind of went on the cheaper side of things. Well, once I bought the flight tickets and secured the hotel, I proudly showed my husband and my 21-year-old son and my 13-year-old son where we were staying. As I was puffing out my chest with pride of all the hard work I had done and showing them the pictures of our hotel, one of my sons loudly asks, Um, is that a sex toy shop right next to our hotel? My face ashened, literally turned gray as I looked at what he was pointing out. And yes, yes, (laughs) I probably shouldn't say it that way. But yes, there was a sex toy shop right next to our hotel. I apparently had settled for a hotel fairly close to Moulin Rouge, guys. The Moulin Rouge area of Paris, where again, the streets are lined with sex toy shops. Needless to say, I was horrified, horrified, but it was too late to change places. The hotel was part of the package I purchased. So because I didn't double check and because I didn't know before I purchased every night when we got off the metro to return to our hotel, my children would have to walk right past these places of business. The worst part in most of the windows were large vibrators in the shape of the iconic Eiffel Tower. Sorry. So I cannot stress this enough. No, before you go. Okay. That was um, too embarrassing, but it is, it's over now. Okay. Getting back on track. Uh, That is all I have for Erie Perry. However, if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are or have a specific tourist attraction in mind, send me an email at wherethedarkcornersare at gmail.com. And until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are. (laughs) 